everybody. Welcome back to Challenge to Call with Max and Avery. I'm your host, Max. And I am Avery. How are you guys? All right. We are sorry we missed last week's episode. Things are a little hectic right now. Uh, school year is ending for Avery as a student and for me as a coach. So we got a lot of shit going on around that and everything. But we're back at it. We're going to give you this episode. Um, potentially next week might be wishy-washy. Avery and I are both also going on vacations uh, this week coming up since, like we said, it's the end of the year for us. So it's vacation yeah. time. I'm going to Chicago. Avery, where are you going again? We are kind of going everywhere in Texas. So we're driving. So we'll be staying a night in Dallas. And then we're going to stay three nights in San Antonio and two nights in Corpus Christi. And then one night in Oklahoma City. So we're going to be there until next Monday. So yeah, there's a potential that we might not have a podcast next week, but... Are you going to any uh, any football stadiums down there? Are you going to go to... I'm Dallas? probably going to drive by uh, AT&T Stadium, like Dallas. Um, but everywhere else, probably not. I mean, uh, there's not really anything else like for like football stadiums. San Antonio, I could go to like the Brahamas, like from the XFL. That would be cool. Um but uh or OKC I could go there's no because Oklahoma's not there. Uh I could go see the Thunder. That would be cool. Like but yeah. Uh I think it'll just be a cool time to get down south and kind of just get out of this element of the Midwest. Like I was yeah. I had to ask because uh we're actually going on a tour of Soldier Field, so we're going to be in the heart of Bears Nation down there. So I'm I'm pumped for that. <laughs> Man, you got to take pictures for our Instagram. Yep. Keep, keep your eye pictures. on our social medias. Uh, I'll be throwing out some some pics, maybe a couple videos, something something of the such. But keep an eye on our Insta, our TikTok, and everything else. But we'll get into today's episode a lit, we'll, little bit. We'll give you some quick updates in the world of sports, starting with Cubs Corner. Uh, the Cubs do have a losing record right now after losing a couple of tough games against the Twins. Um, they lost 11 to one and 16 to three. Um, they are only 1921, so close enough to 500 still. A lot of baseball, like we always say. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Cubs right now? Still early. Um, we're still only like 40 games into a 162 game season, um, so I'm not too worried at this point. But like. I also didn't have really high expectations coming into the year. I kind of figured we would be that middle of the pack, actually below the middle of the pack team. I thought we were still rebuilding. So to see us be in the middle of the pack, it's actually a blessing in disguise. I think we're ahead of like the rebuild time. Swanson's been incredible. So let's just keep it up and let's see if we can continue this in the future. Say so the closer to 500 they can be by the end of the season, the, mo- the only thing I'm ever super minimalistically hoping for is to be above 500, have a winning season. Obviously you want playoffs, you want championships, you want all that great stuff, but being above 500, that's, that is the ultimate kind of low bar goal. I'll call it. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Um, I see that you don't have it on here. Um, District. Never mind. Don't worry about it. Okay, moving on from baseball, we'll go a little bit more into our hockey world with What the Puck. Um, 
Colorado Avalanche did lose in game seven to the Seattle Kraken. Um, that was a little disappointing to watch. Uh, they lost two to one. Uh, the Kraken scored those two goal. Yeah, they called goals. Scored those two goals like back to back. I think it was less than a minute between them. Um, and the Avalanche just couldn't come back from that. It was it was sad to see, but they did make it to a game seven. So I'm I'm decently satisfied with putting up a good fight. Uh, the Seattle Kraken moved on to play the Dallas Stars. They are currently at game seven as well, and the series is tied, obviously. So we'll see who comes out on top after that. For sure, yeah. Um, go hockey, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that's cool, though. We're getting down to the championship games now in hockey. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I can't say I'll watch anymore hockey from this point on um i did watch that avs game and now that they've lost i'm i'm a little bit out of it i'll we'll keep you updated on what is going on with the stanley cup finals but i i can't say i'll be watching anything much like i kind of stopped watching basketball so let's get our into our nba update beyond the arc um i've watched a little bit here and there of game i've not watched a full game since round one um, when the Kings lost to the Warriors, but I've watched here and there. But um, to update you guys, we are moving into the conference championship round. So of our round two matchups, the Heat defeated the Knicks in game six, four to two in the series. Um, the 76ers lost to the Celtics. That one went to game seven. Celtics won it four to three. Uh, the Nuggets beat the Suns, thankfully. Nuggets are my number two team, obviously, Colorado guy. Um, they won that in game six, four to two, and the Lakers surprisingly beat the Warriors four to two in game six as well. Are you surprised about the Lakers Warriors? I know there's been a lot of controversy or a lot of talk around that series. I'm not. I mean, it, it was a good series. I actually watched this series, um, because I got a buddy that is a Lakers fan. Okay. He's not a Lakers fan. He's a LeBron fan. Um, and he that's, was kind of arguably worse. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. Um, because like a little backstory, I actually enjoyed watching the Lakers when I was younger because I loved Kobe Bryant. Like Kobe Bryant was like one of my favorite players in the NBA. So like seeing like the Lakers be this good, but with LeBron, it sucks. Um, but I was surprised because like, but the thing is the Lakers, they have a complete team. This is probably the best depth that LeBron James has had since his time in Miami. Um, so like, I really think like he's got a good shot at like taking them all the way. And as a seventh seed, that'd be insane. For sure. Um, so coming up now, like I said, conference championship round, we have the heat and the Celtics in the east and nuggets and lakers in the west um i'm a little nervous like you said the lakers are kind of a complete team there's a lot of depth there and they do have lebron who is a very 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 good basketball player um but i don't know i'm, I'm hoping the nuggets find a way to pull it out i i think i think they can you know they were one seed for the reason let's yeah. say that yeah. They were a one seed for a reason. I'm more curious of this Eastern Conference Final. I never thought Miami – okay, fuck Miami for one. I'm sorry. I'm still pissed off that they knocked out the Bucks in the first round. But a little part of me now that they made it this far is like, okay. 
But at the same time, you knock out the Bucks and then you get the Heat or the you get the Knicks. Like the Knicks, eh, they're still like a kind of that team that is still building to something special. But my God, and this goes back to show you why the NBA schedule needs to be shortened because t- uh, load management. We've talked about this in previous episodes. Number seven seed Lakers upset the Warriors and upset the Grizzlies in the first round. And then the Miami number eight play-in team, Heat, literally win the play-in game against the Chicago Bulls and then go and beat the Bucks as an eight seed and then beat the Knicks. And now they're in the semi-conference finals. It's crazy to me. You would have to think that this is pro- – should they move on, probably the first time a play-in team has been in the championship, right? It is, yes. Yeah. It, but, you know, at a, I don't like the Celtics, so I am actually cheering for the Heat this round because this series, I really need – and wouldn't it be interesting to actually see an eight versus seven in the NBA championship? That's unheard of. That is I'll- very unheard of. I'll say this for my aspirations for the rest of the playoffs here. Um, I can get with just about all teams right now. Um, the Heat I like is kind of an underdog rising to the top. First time ever getting there would be pretty cool. The Celtics, I've probably one of the first NBA teams I actually knew of, like and everything. I kind of like them, so I. I, I enjoy Celtics a little bit. There was there was a period there where I thought it might be moving out to Boston for a job, so that, that got my train rolling on the Celtics a little bit too. And the Nuggets, once again, grad school, Colorado, Colorado guy. The only team I absolutely do not fuck with is the Lakers. <laughs> so fuck the Lakers, everybody else. I, I really don't. I really don't mind what happens. For sure, I would. You know, I, instead of like Lakers and. Uh, Lakers Celtics I would really enjoy a Nuggets Heat I I would like that a lot like Nuggets and Heat because those are two teams that don't make it like that don't have like the Heat have the history because of LeBron but like they don't make it as much so like I think it would be really entertaining to see the Nuggets and the Heat Um, another historic matchup that I could see happening is Celtics and Lakers they have so much bad blood and they have a rivalry from the 90s with Larry Bird and then they had Magic Johnson in the 90s so like I think that would be a really cool like lineup for a series but it sucks that I'm cheering for the heat but I'm cheering for the heat to win the rest of it win the rest of it and then we can say we went out by the champs exactly that's I've I remember talking about it before I don't know if it was on or off the pod with you but if you get beaten or Maybe it was the coaches I was talking to. But if you if a team beats you, you want that team to go as far as possible, in theory, because you automatically lost to the champs. Why wouldn't you want to lose? Then you could at least make the argument you should have been runners-up. <laughs> yeah, true. 100%. I agree with that. Um, and it's hard not to like Jimmy Butler. I it, it really is hard to not like Jimmy Butler. Once it's all said and done. Yeah, once it's all said and done, after I still live with that fucking last second, ugh, it was a throw-in at the end of the game. And, like, how does Jimmy Butler do this acrobatic, like, layup to tie it, to send it to overtime? I don't know. Just, 
this is the reason I drink. Well, instead of making Avery (laughs) relive this for much longer, we'll get into the real meat and potatoes of our podcast here as we are a football priority podcast. The draft happened, people. We have not done much draft, any draft coverage um, so far. We are going to save our Bears talk a little bit. We will talk about that mostly in the next episode we do, whether it's next week or the following week. We'll give you that whole lineup and what we think about everything there. But we are going to go through the first round of the draft, or not the first round, that's a lot of time, the first 10 picks of the draft, along with a couple others that we just kind of wanted to shout out there toward the end. So let's get into it. First round pick. Overall, number one, chosen by the Panthers, we have none other than Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama. Uh, not really shocking, especially, did we talk about Stroud? And Yeah, uh, we, uh, in our mock draft, we had C.J. Stroud going to the Carolina Panthers. Was that before or after, though, that he failed the... That um, was before he failed the... Yeah. Uh, not, not Wonderlick test, but... I can't dude aptitude test. I can't think of the name. I know it has a name. It's yeah. like SQ something. I think I <laughs> Q three. I don't know something along the line. But of that. Yeah. after he failed that, his draft stock tanked. It was uh not looking good for CJ Stroud. Um, would knowing that, I think we both probably would have changed our tune a little bit and um, decided to go with. S2 cognition test. Oh, there it is. S2, I had to look it up. Sorry. But if we would have known about his S2 cognition test results, I feel like we both probably would have changed our tune a little bit. Um, I don't know if I'd still put Bryce Young number number one. I might have picked another quarterback. Just I still think he's a little short, but it makes sense. I think this is a good move for the Panthers. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy that we're just now talking about the draft and these rookies are actually in OTAs. Like they're in like uh, rookie mini camps right now. I saw Bryce Young at the Carolina Panthers rookie mini camp on uh, NFL Network. And man, he is short. He is so short. Told he, you. <laughs> I think he's shorter than Kyler Murray. Or at least the same size as Kyler Murray. Because him... Right next to those offensive linemen, it was like, oh my god! Like he could not, like he could not see. Technically, I think he measures in at five ten. I very think that's a generous measurement. I think he's more like five seven. They are the exact same height. Kyler Murray and uh, yeah, Bryce yep. Young. Yeah, five and, ten and one eighth is the official measurement. On ah, uh, bullshit. Bullshit. That is, they are not 5'10". I am 5'8", and I am probably the same size as these two right here. Um, but, no, I think Bryce Young going to Carolina, as short as he is, I think he will be a – well, he might not be a stud, but I think he will be, have a lot of potential in Carolina. They, they're building from the ground up with receivers. They brought in a veteran presence in Adam Thielen. So they do have some support around them. But it's going to take a while. One major thing I heard, though, is that Frank Reich is not going to push Bryce Young in the starting. He said ideal world is that he would stay out for the whole year. They did bring in Andy Dalton, longtime vet, 
Uh, we know we know Andy. Um, we also know what it's like to say we're going to bring in a quarterback to sit behind Andy, and, and you know, then, how that turns out. Yep, but they did bring in Andy Dalton, longtime vet, former Chicago Bear, uh, former Cincinnati Bengal, but they brought the Red Rifle in to groom Bryce Young and like see if he can you know grow from there. Um, I think that'll be interesting to see that dynamic there. Andy and Justin, like I know Justin came out and said Andy was one of the best mentors he has had. So like I think you know this is a good move for the Carolina Panthers to bring in Andy Dalton. Definitely. I, I always think that bringing in uh, an older veteran quarterback or keeping your older veteran quarterback, whichever the case may be for your team to let that new guy kind of come in and learn more is just a huge adjustment period that needs to be had because nobody there. I don't think anybody comes straight into the league and just does phenomenal like season one. Mac Jones maybe was doing all right. And then he had a second year sophomore slump. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, you you need a little bit of mentorship. You need a little bit of learning. And some of that learning is going to have to come on the field. Obviously, you're going to have to get on the field in an actual live game to truly, truly learn what it's going to be like to have that other defensive line rushing at you to have linebackers coming up in your face on surprise blitzes, just all sorts of things that you can't um, practice that without just doing it live. So that's going to come at some point, but I think it's a good move to have a year to just sit and be as prepared as possible before you have stuff like that going on. I agree a hundred percent. Like it just makes the most sense. And Unlike what Carolina's doing, Houston's doing the exact opposite. The Houston Texans, um, with the second pick in the NFL draft, picked C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. Um, I I don't hate it. I think it's a decent move for them. Um, They need a quarterback. They... They need a quarterback. I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah. uh, And you're (laughs) you're right. Um... And what a smokescreen, like, the Houston Texans did. Like, the Houston Texans were the ones that said, we're not taking C.J. Stroud. We don't like it. He's not smart enough to be a Houston Texan. They are the ones that started this. Or And then Carolina kind of, like, got on board and was like, oh, I'm not drafting this guy. I got to go with Bryce Young. Bada bing, bada boom. One thing leads to another. They get their guy. Um, CJ Stroud is probably the most talented quarterback in this draft class, hands down. Um, we saw him against the NFL capable defense in the Georgia Bulldogs, and he put up 337 passing yards and four TDs. And he had the Buckeyes on verge of knocking them out in the semifinals. Say what you want about the test results and everything like that, but the proof is in the pudding a little bit. Like you said, how how many of those Georgia players got drafted just this year? Like that is damn there near four in the first round. Yeah, there is that is damn near an NFL defense right there in and of itself. So I I think just by that regard, you have to look at Stroud and be like, okay, I don't know what happened on that testing day or what the situation was or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look what he can do. We've seen him do it in college against a top tier deep the number one defense in college football like 
come on, guys. You you can't bring him down too much. I I agree a hundred percent. Like I am a big fan of CJ Stroud. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just have a soft spot now for Ohio State quarterbacks. Maybe I hate the narrative that Ohio State quarterbacks can't succeed in the NFL because that is a narrative in the NFL. Uh, it's been a long time narrative, and maybe it's because I have a Ohio State quarterback as my starting quarterback, so I want to see all Ohio State quarterbacks succeed in the NFL. Um, now, is worst-case scenario, though, going to be C.J. Stroud coming in and tearing it up while Justin Fields just never lives? Because speaking of the same S2 cognition test, wasn't it you that told me Justin Fields actually got 100% on that test? Yeah, uh, there's only three quarterbacks that have ever gotten 100%. It's brand new since 2018. Three quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Three quarterbacks. At least two of those have lived up, because I was just going to say, I'm like, what if C.J. Stroud shows up, balls out, and that test immediately just goes out the window? Like, this guy got 100%, isn't doing anything. This guy failed the shit, and look at him tearing it up. And uh, the other thing with it is uh, Jalen Hurts got a 99. So, like, yeah, I, I'm hoping there's a common trend there. And Brock Purdy scored in the high 90s, people said. like, And so I was like, okay. And there's that trend there that it makes you ready for the NFL. And maybe that's why C.J. Stroud dropped so much. Um, the thing with C.J. Stroud, though, like, we, like you said, proof is in the pudding. Um, the one thing I do not like that the Houston Texans came out this week and they said that C.J. Stroud's our starting quarterback. We wouldn't have taken him number two. They have a veteran on their roster in Davis Mills. Davis Mills has been there. He's been the starter for the last three years. And you know what? From what I remember of Davis Mills, he wasn't a terrible starter. They're doing like, the exact opposite of what we have said in I don't know how many episodes now. Let your rookie quarterback sit under a veteran. It doesn't matter how bad you need a quarterback that horribly bad. Great. Start him week six or something. Give him, give him some sort of period of like sit and learn even experience. Even Mitch Trubisky back in 2018, he didn't start until week five. We had Mike Glennon start the first five games. Yeah, uh, the Mike Glennon era. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, no, like, this is the thing. And so, like, this is where I disagree with Houston. I like a lot of what Houston did in this draft. I don't like that their plan is to start C.J. Stroud from day one when they Davis Mills has been a decent quarterback for them. For sure. I I definitely think Stroud needs, a, especially with those test results, you got to think that guy needs to learn a little bit. He needs to sit and watch somebody. Um, but I mean, I can also kind of understand you get a little antsy, you get a little pushy. It's like, hey, we just got this like hot college stud. Like we want him in. We need to win. We need to win now. But you got you got to be patient. Slow it, slow the row. Like, because even we we even mention it with our own quarterback, Justin Fields. We even mentioned it. Like, he struggled even into his third year because, like, he didn't have that much game. He's going to struggle. And, like, you'd rather have your quarterback struggle after he's been a pro for a while because the way I look at it is, like, he's not going to get his confidence rattled. Yeah. Like, right away, 
you throw him in and CJ Stroud throws four picks and won the very first game of the year, confidence gone. Let them let them fuck up in practice all year instead of fuck yep. up in your games all season. Because yeah, that's going to be a confidence killer. They're not going to come into the next season hot and ready to go, feeling good. They're going to come in terrified that they're going to repeat the same thing right all over again. Yep, hundred percent. Um. Anyway, moving on. We got the third pick was actually traded from the Arizona Cardinals back to who else? <laughs> The Texans. Um, And with this pick, they decided to go defense. They took Will Anderson Jr., edge rush out of Alabama. Um, I love this move. Yeah. I love, like, like I said, I like what the Texans did in this draft. They gave up, I don't remember what they gave up on the Capitol with the Arizona Cardinals. I know they gave up a decent amount to move back up, but. Will Anderson's the best player in this draft, hands down. The only reason they had to take C.J. Stroud is because potential that um, uh, Arizona would have traded with another quarterback-needy team to get C.J. Stroud. That's the only reason why. Um, But, no, I think Will Anderson's going to be amazing on that defense. They got D'Amico Ryan from San Francisco, the defensive coordinator. I think uh, he's going to know how to use Will Anderson, and he's going to be a predominantly, like, amazing defensive end for the next 10 years for the I'm really, really curious to see what the Texans do with this now. Um, You got two top three picks in the draft. Uh, You better produce next year. I'm just and I wouldn't say they're like playoff because like I think uh, Jacksonville's got it locked down at least next year with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. They got a solid thing going there. Um, but I think they will at least go from like battling the Chicago Bears for the number one pick to being like a seven to eight team win like team. Like I think they'll go seven to eight wins. And then the next year, that's when they take the leap. I really do. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, but I really love that move with Will Anderson. Right. And a part of that, a part of that curious to see where they go is also just the fact that, yeah, you have two first round pick or two top three picks, but one of them is a quarterback. And like we just said, rookie quarterbacks don't necessarily come in and do great. So, um, I'm curious to see how CJ Stroud actually does playing in the league he will be practicing at least somewhat against one of the top edge rushers in college from his same draft class. So I think that'll help him a little bit there, but we will see getting into the fourth round pick. uh, The Colts decided to go with Anthony Richardson quarterback out of Florida. I love it. I I love this move, man. I think uh, I saw uh, Chris Ballard, their general manager when Houston traded up, to go get Will Anderson, they didn't know who traded up and leapfrogged them, and he was pissed. Like he was bright red as a tomato, and they and they're like, "No, it's Houston. Houston traded up." And he's like, "Oh fuck, they took Stroud." He threw his clipboard. He's like, "We got our guy." And so like that is like just like amazing when you see a general manager like see the guy that they wanted fall to him. I think Anthony Richardson. I. I'm so happy that the Colts finally broke their fucking old veteran. That's like, 
That is exactly what I was going to say. The only thing I really love about this pick is the fact that it's the Colts actually picking a quarterback in the draft as opposed to picking up some 30-year-old in the free agency thinking that they're going to somehow turn their team around. And this is the best part too, right? This is unlike any quarterback that the Indianapolis Colts have ever had. Like Anthony Anthony Richardson can do it all. You just got to be willing to be patient with him. He's not going to, he's not, he reminds me of Justin Fields. Like not the sim, like some of the similar play style, but he's going to need some time. Give the guy some time. Give him like reps and reps. Be patient. If he has a terrible year, that's fine. Give him another year. Have us a terrible year. That's fine. Stick with that guy because guess what? He's going to be damn good if you stick with him and you keep feeding his confidence. And that's the thing about him is now they actually have a young guy that they can stick with and let build up. When you're out here getting all these washed up veteran guys, you don't have the kind of timeline to teach them the offense, have them be good, develop them further. You you run out of time. You have them for a year or two. And then it's too old. You got to get rid of them. You got to get somebody else. You don't have time to develop and set up the offense that you want. Now they got a nice young guy. They can bring him in. They can get him to be what they want him to be. And he can actually produce for for them for a decent amount of time. They don't have to get rid of him because he's aged out of the position. Yeah, and I do have a couple questions with this. Indianapolis, I know you brought in Gardner Minshew. And, like, he's a decent backup, and I guarantee he could be a stopgap quarterback. Is he going to be your stopgap quarterback, or are you going to start Anthony Richardson? Because, like, no offense to Anthony Richardson, he's more of a project. I You cannot start him day one. I think you start Anthony Richardson day one, that's a mistake. You start Anthony Richardson week 14, week 15 when the season's a loss. Because, and I think, you know, it will be a loss because I do not think Gardner Minshew has what it takes to be a starting quarterback in this league anymore. We saw what he did with Jacksonville. I think this one comes down to a complete, utter quarterback battle. I think you got to let this one just be a, hey, we really have no idea who we want to start. We will let you two work out all camp, all preseason, all up until week one, game one, and we will decide who is, you know, performed better, who seems more confident, and who who will actually wants to go out and play more. For sure, 100%. But um, getting into the fifth pick by uh, Denver traded their pick to Seattle. Um, Seattle picked Devin Witherspoon. Uh cornerback out of illinois yeah this was a uh surprise because christian gonzalez was the number one projected cornerback and christian gonzalez we don't have it on our list but he fell to the patriots all the way down so like and we could talk about that if we have more time but devin witherspoon to from illinois and this was part of that russell wilson trade um so this is why denver didn't have that number five pick because of russell wilson and it's weird because like they built like their corners last year. Seattle did through the draft. I forgot his name, but he was in rookie of the year uh, contention this year on the defensive side. And then they go get another cornerback in Devin Witherspoon. 
I think they're just trying to buy, uh, build the Legion of uh, Doom again uh, back up in Seattle. That's what Pete Carroll, he's like, you know, it worked for us once. It'll work for us again. And I think that's what they're doing because at this point, it doesn't make sense elsewise. So I don't hate taking cornerback. I like having a nice, strong secondary um, just because I think that's something that if you struggle with your secondary, you are going to struggle with everything because if you can't lock down receivers, you can't play football. But yeah. um, so I don't hate it as a pick. I don't know Seattle's entire situation right now. It's kind of whatever to me. I am somewhat familiar and familiar with Witherspoon though, as he did play against Iowa. So we've seen a little bit of him locking down our nobody receivers, but <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but uh, Tariq Woolen was the corner that, was in uh, rookie of the year contention this year. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, he had a good year, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is like, uh, oh, Witherspoon went in the top five kind of pick because I had Witherspoon going in the teens. Uh, like that's what I thought. Like I thought he was like maybe the second, third best corner on the draft board. Well, evidently not, according to the Seattle Seahawks. We'll see what he's got. Getting into our next pick, uh, the one, the Arizona Cardinals. This looks like a roller coaster here. It was originally the – oh, I just have L.A. Was it the Chargers or the Rams? It was – so this was part of the Matt Stafford trade. So Well, uh, originally – Originally, before... this was part of the Matt Stafford trade. Los okay. Angeles Rams, and then it went to the Detroit Lions, and then they traded it to Arizona on draft day. Okay, and – with this number six pick overall, the Cardinals chose uh, Paris Johnson Jr. Tackle for uh, offensive tackle, I should say, from Ohio State. We wanted him. <laughs> yes, we did. We we really did. I uh, was pretty pissed off on draft night that the Cardinals stole our guy. Um, but if it wasn't the Cardinals, it would have been the Raiders. And if it was the Raiders, it would have been the Falcons. And the only way we would have probably got Paris Johnson, because we talk about C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Willie Anderson being the top three players in this draft. Paris Johnson Jr. is probably the fourth. Out of, like, potential and, like, just play style and, like, everything, att every attribute going towards him, Paris Johnson was probably the best coming in. Definitely. Um, I'm disappointed with it, but, you know, let's see what he can go do for the Cardinals, I guess. I, I hope he does well out there in the league. Just wish he could be doing well for us. Um, next, with the seventh overall pick, the Raiders chose Tyree Wilson, address out of Texas Tech. Yeah, um, a lot of people thought Houston would take him at – two maybe three like when i know when houston traded up for will anderson a lot of people thought they were going to get tyree uh wilson out of texas tech um because he's that longer edge rusher that uh D'Amico ryan had with joey boza or not joey nick boza in san francisco so but yeah i think this is a perfect place for him to go with the las vegas raiders I like seeing the little bit of switch up in the teams being drafted from too. Like we got Ohio state, Alabama coming up, Georgia, Georgia. I, I like seeing like, Oh, Hey, here's, here's Texas tech, you know, 
no playoffs or anything from there. Them, they're just kind of out here producing some players. I'd like to see it for sure. And you know, I think this is a great move by them. Like, I think that he'll be a good edge rusher to pair up with uh, Sam Hubbard. Not Sam Hubbard. Um, forgot the Raider. Max Crosby over in uh, Las Vegas. I think he'll be a, a great second addition to that Raiders defensive line. For sure. Moving along, we got number eight pick overall. The Atlanta Falcons chose B. John Robinson, running back out of Texas. I think that's a decent enough move. I don't know. Picking a running back top 10 feels a little weird. I know we've talked about how running backs are not necessarily the hottest commodity in the NFL anymore. Um, Having a super solid running back, don't get me wrong, is super great. And you definitely, it helps. I just think arguably offensive line is more important first. And I don't know what kind of line the Falcons are working with right now. Yeah. um, They're not working with that great of an offensive line. I don't like this move one bit. Um, Bijan Robinson is a luxury for a team. Atlanta Falcons are nowhere near the playoffs. Uh, Nowhere near like having to like take a player like Bijan. And also, why replace a thousand yard rusher last year? Tyler Algier uh, was a thousand yard rusher as a rookie last year. He was drafted in the fifth round. What are you guys doing? And they also have Cordero Patterson, who's been a great running back for Atlanta. So, like, to bring in a solidify, because Bijan isn't just like a normal running back, like um, uh, Algier or Cordero Patterson. Bijan is a every down back. He's your Saquon. He's your younger Zeke. He's like that Derrick Henry type that he's going to be on the field 90% of the plays. And I don't like this move one bit because, like, they do got two great, not great, but two good running backs. Like, you could have filled a move, uh, you could have filled in on defense. You could have filled in as a, at the receiver position. You lost Calvin Ridley, taken a receiver, traded back. Who knows? You, there's so many limitless potential. But you take Bijan Robinson, I think it's a reach. Uh, I, like, think, I think trading back would have been a decent move. I also think, like, I said earlier, just take a little bit of line. Like you want to improve your run game. Okay. You got a couple of guys that can run their NFL veterans make the line better. When the line does better, the run game does better. You're doing this is I've been trying to think of an analogy for, but doing this is like buying a brush before you grow your hair out. That's the best I can think of right now. You need to have, you're like you said you're buying yourselves a luxury a luxury before you have the base model of what the luxury is for you need to build up the foundation of that line before you can have a stud come in and utilize it to its full advantage i agree a hundred percent i just think it was rough i don't understand i still don't understand (sighs) but we we will see how they do with it i I'm curious to see how Bijan does in the NFL now with, you know, a questionable line. That's that's definitely a tough, tough thing for any running back to kind of face against. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> running back's number one opponent, not having a good line. No, right? defense. no defense out there is the worst. What's the worst thing a running back could see? A weak O-line. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, 
I don't understand. I really don't get that move one bit, but all right. Getting into what you have all been waiting for Ugh. here and probably have already know what happened, but the original trade that the bears made with the Panthers for the number nine overall pick was traded once again to the Eagles and the Eagles with that pick took Jalen Carter defensive tackle out of Georgia. We knew he was going to some point. We knew we wanted to go top 10 and he did. Yes. Um, I got a lot to say about this. Um, one, I was very pissed on draft night because like Jalen Carter is who I wanted. I thought he would be a great bear. Um, I thought he would do really well on our defense and just to get a fourth round pick this year, which I'm glad we turned it into Roshan Johnson, a running back. But I, um, I really didn't like this move at that time, but I have came to fruition with this because the way I look at Jalen Carter is he's got so many character issues for a young team like the Chicago Bears, we have no veteran presence around him yeah. on that defensive line. There's no mentor. We don't have Akeem Hicks no more. We don't have Khalil uh, Mack anymore. We don't have Roquan Smith anymore. We don't have those veteran guys. We got Eddie Jackson, but a safety trying to corral a defense, 380-pound defensive tackle is not going to work. So yeah. we have young guys at that position that Jalen Carter would not fit in in Chicago. And that's the leading theory that I've been hearing and dealing with too is just, yeah, he's a guy that needs a role model. He's a guy that needs someone to show him the way or straighten him out or what, however you want to say it. He's not someone who can just go in and be the guy from his own intrinsic motivational standpoint. And so the Bears, not a great fit. Also, I don't hate trading the number nine pick considering we moved down one spot. You know, we like, did. We moved down one spot. I do you know what all else we got for this? Do we trade? We got, we got a fourth round pick. That was it. Okay. So, I mean, um, get it. We, we a fourth round pick on that uh, Roshan Johnson, the running back that backed up Bijan Robinson. And so I'm actually excited about this guy. Exactly. So, so, yeah. Take. Take a fourth-round pick, an extra pick. Just an extra pick in the draft is an extra pick in the draft. We can yeah. move back one spot because what did we do with that one spot moved back? We got Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee. We, okay. wanted, we wanted some line. We wanted a tackle. We got some line. We got a tackle. I, I don't see an issue with moving down one spot, gaining a pick, and letting Jalen Carter go somewhere else. I'm okay with it. Yep, and the thing with Darnell Wright, we're going to talk about this one. Like, we got to talk about Darnell Wright. At first, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because, like, we got Paris Johnson. We wanted Paris Johnson. He was gone. But Peter Skornensky, right? Skornsky. Skornsky. Peter Skornsky. Uh, we wanted – we talked about that we would like him. Um, Darnell Wright, I think in our mock, we had him going in the 20s. Um, but – Man, I went. I went on YouTube. I watched highlights of Darnell Wright. He shut down Will Anderson. I he I did shut, the exact same thing. I he shut down Jalen Carter. 
He shut down Nolan Smith. He shut down that whole Georgia team. He shut down, like, he shut down Alabama. And, like, I'm watching this guy. And then the next day, he comes into Chicago singing uh, Go Bears Go and, like, Bear Down and, like, in an orange and blue suit. and. Yep. I had the exact same reaction uh, watching draft night sitting there. I was like, what did we just do? What? Peter Skornsky. Where's Peter Skornsky? We need, what? Why did we do this? I was like, this is so horrible. What are we doing right now? This is ridiculous. But like you said, saw some highlights, saw some pancakes, saw some good things from him. And I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, some of the other coaches were saying it in the office and everything, talking about it the next day. But all offensive linemen that go either in the first round or top 10, I forget what exactly they said, but all offensive linemen that go in the top 10 are usually solid. So yeah. hopefully the bears didn't just ruin this long standing streak, supposedly of just having automatic hits on linemen in the top 10, but he should be an automatic hit for us. If he's truly top 10 worthy linemen. I'm all about it. I'm all about getting some protection for fields. I'm, I'm with it. I, I think it's a good move. I think position wise, we definitely made the right move. Personnel wise, time will tell. We will see. I think, yeah, I think Darnell Wright is going to fit in Chicago perfectly. He's going to fit in like a glove. I'm very excited to welcome him to the Chicago family. Uh, I'll have to hit him up in a couple of days. Uh, I haven't done that yet. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, but I think he'll be great in Chicago. All right, so that wraps up our top 10, but we will give you guys just another few guys here that kind of, I don't know, stood out to us a little bit where they went. Um, mostly quarterbacks here, as quarterbacks are always just kind of put on a pedestal a little bit. And while I hate, I always talk about not putting quarterbacks on a pedestal. I'm still just, we're, we're going to go with it. But um, the Rams chose Stetson Bennett, quarterback out of Georgia, in the fourth round with the 26th pick in that round. Um, what do you think about that? I think this is a good move. Uh, I mean, he's going to have a nice veteran uh, presence and uh, Matt Stafford to uh, kind of uh, show him the ropes and show him, like, you know, everything that he's got. Uh, and they both went to Georgia, so that's kind of cool. Um, Stetson Bennett's an idiot. I'm sorry. I just I'm gonna go off on a little tangent. He was in college for seven years and didn't graduate with a bachelor's. And I can't say that I'm I'm going on not seven, but I'm I'm going on some lengthy time. But I also had other things going on that I didn't go full time or even part time. But seven years and he didn't graduate with a bachelor's? What are you doing, Stetson? But anyways. I mean, maybe he's living out his college football career. Like, he obviously yeah. is not a huge top NFL prospect or anything. Would you not want an extra two, three years in college to go win some state championships? He won two national championships. Like, yeah. like, would you not want to stick around and do that and just, you know, basking that glory before maybe not knowing if your football career is over? 
True. And, you know, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm okay. But, like, he'll be in the L.A. market. Um, he just reminds me of a poor man's version of Baker Mayfield. Uh, if that's that, if you want to call a pig a pig or a spade a spade, he, he reminds me of Baker Mayfield if he had half the talent as Baker Mayfield. Um, and the same personality, I swear to God. Um, well, um, also just speaking of graduations and whatnot, Justin Fields got his degree. <laughs> I know. What a man. What an awesome guy. And another, since we're speaking of graduation, Jalen Hurts got his master's degree from Ooh. Oklahoma. Now so, that's impressive. Not only was he leading the Eagles to the Super Bowl this year, he was uh, taking master courses while doing it, which is pretty impressive and pretty impeccable. But yeah, you know, Justin Fields, our guy, and you want to hear something cool about this? Kevin Warren, our new team president, was at his graduation, and so was Ryan Poles and Eberflus. I, I mean, that, I would be. I wish I was invited. I'd have gone to his graduation. Right? I invite. I was just shook. I was so happy about that, though. I think he's going to be, uh, I don't know, now that he's got his bachelor's, I think, you know, uh, maybe his head will be on straight. Um, but, yeah, do you want to talk about uh, our second guy, uh, Max Duggan? Actually, to actually go in order here, since you edited our list. Oh, um, yeah. Cowboys took Deuce Vaughn, running back out of Kansas State, in round seven with the 12th pick in the round. Um, okay. Deuce Vaughn, I know nothing of. Kansas State is a football program. I don't really fuck it, so I don't know no- anything. Okay. Well, the reason I was going to mention Deuce Vaughn as, like, our end uh, guy, um, but – the reason I put Deuce Vaughn in here, Deuce Vaughn, he's uh, he's five foot five, um, and he's a running back uh, for Kansas State, and he actually balled out for Kansas State when they beat TCU this year and the Big Twelve Championship. I don't know if you remember that short guy running all over the field watching that game. I know we were watching it because we were texting back and forth about it. Uh, that um, might have been the game I was at a bachelor party. Yeah, okay. I remember. I was at a bachelor party and we stopped at the bar between pictures or or not bachelor party, just wedding in general, Sarah, whatever, the day before the wedding when we're doing pictures and shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, and so Deuce Vaughn, he um uh, um his dad is a longtime scout for the Dallas Cowboys. And when the Dallas Cowboys were scouting him, um he couldn't be in the meeting room, he couldn't create a scouting report. On Deuce Vaughn, he couldn't do anything. They wouldn't let his dad be involved at all. Um, he did not know the Cowboys had them on their board at all. Um, and when it came to round seven, uh, Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy asked his dad, hey, you want to call your son? Your son's about to be a Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> and uh, he ended up, uh, his dad ended up calling Deuce and said, Hey, uh, hey, man, do you want to come to work with me next week? And it was just like a really emotional and like poet, uh, poetic moment. Um, I could probably find the video, um, play it on our pod. But it was so awesome to see um, football's romantic if you really dig deep and think of it. But like a father and son, like you see how many times like being a father myself, like 
you're gonna I'm gonna sacrifice so much. I've already sacrificed so much for my son and seeing that like contribute on a national televised event and in the NFL, that's just extremely awesome. So and I'm it's very nice happy to see about his a back. short king win out there. I know running backs they can come come a little shorter in brand. Um running backs height's not the utmost important. In fact, some of the smaller guys, they're shiftier, they hide behind a line better. They're real successful. We have a running back who's like five one where I coach. So nice. <laughs> he's he <is> short. <laughs> he's definitely a little guy. He's not necessarily a short and stocky either. Like he's he's just small, <laughs> but he does good, does decent work for us. So <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> right. Now getting into um our our beloved Max Duggan was chosen by the Chargers. Uh, in the seventh round with the 22nd pick of the draft. Um, I'm glad to see Max Duggan going somewhere. Uh, it made me happy. I was like, yeah, go Duggan. You know, and that's hard uh, because do you think if he would have won the national championship against Georgia, he would have been a fourth round pick, fifth round pick? <sighs> Maybe. He struggled so much in that game. Uh, he did. He, he did struggle a lot. And I think, I don't even think winning is necessarily the biggest factor or just playing better than he did. But yeah, just the way that Georgia blew out TCU was a little bit of the nail in the coffin, which almost makes you have to wonder a little bit too. Almost like how we talked about Brock Purdy and if he just wouldn't have played his senior year, if he would have just gone straight into the NFL, like did playing one extra game hurt you? Like did playing in the championship game hurt your stock? Doesn't that just seem ridiculous? But like Brock Purdy, Max Duggan is probably the toughest quarterback I've seen play in a long-ass time. That man is the true definition of grit. That man is the true definition of determination. I think this guy is going to go places in the NFL with that. He'll always be on a roster. Yeah. Um, he'll always be a backup quarterback. But I think he's got – like if you look at back in the draft, and maybe this is just biasy. But if you think about any quarterback in the draft that has potential to do what Brock Purdy did this year coming in the late rounds, I would take Max Duggan over Stetson Bennett. Definitely. Oh, definitely. I think Duggan does a better job than Bennett. Um, Even though Bennett has won two back-to-back national championships, a big chunk of that, you also have to kind of look and just credit that defense. Like we said, Georgia had four first-round picks coming out of their defense. Like yeah. that's, you know, like defense is like <laughs> yeah. that win championships. That's, that's how it works. And you know, the other thing with it, um, just dug in going to the chargers is it's kind of cool to see that Quentin Johnston went there in the first round. Uh, so like to see a wide receiver and quarterback going to the same team, right. that's really awesome to see. Unfortunately, um, Duggan's going to be behind uh, Justin Herbert, of Herbert, course, but Maybe we'll get run into a instance, kind of like a Garoppolo situation. Somebody goes down, somebody steps up, and who knows? We'll see what happens yeah. for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, hey, that a lot of potential there, so who knows? But speaking of Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant himself, I do have to shout out in this draft, just to make sure that we cover our bases, um, the Mr. Irrelevant this year was... Um, you want to say this name? I, I'm going to mess this name up. 
Dejuan Johnson from Toledo. Uh, he lineman. Um, yeah. Was Mr. Earl. I, I have to shout him out because, first of all, like Toledo surprised me a little bit. I'm like, okay, once again, a school that's not always uh, getting picks out there. Got a pick out there. But um, who knows? Maybe this will be another Brock Purdy situation. Mr. Irrelevant has been not so irrelevant lately. So had to had to give him some relevancy. Yeah, uh, it's kind of cool. I feel like we went Ram, Charger, Oh, and then we threw a cowboy. I was going to say Ram, Charger, Ram. But, uh, no, yeah, Toledo, that's another team that really doesn't get picks. And so seeing Dejuan Johnson uh, from Toledo go, I'm totally butchering that name. I know I am. I didn't even um, want to try. If I don't – you butcher names that should be normal sometimes. If <laughs> I don't even want to try a name, you know it's probably <laughs> not going to be coming out right. But, yeah, just to see him go, man, that's kind of cool to see. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, you want to just go through a couple of names. We won't really talk about them. Just like spitfire a couple of names that went in the first round. Um, sure. I'd have to go back and actually look at the first round. <laughs> I'll just, uh, throw a couple out there. Will McDonald. We talked about last episode, yep, Iowa great. state. He went to the New York jets, uh, Christian Gonzalez. He went number 17 to the new England Patriots, Jackson Smith, Najaba. Um, he went to the Seattle Seahawks at number 20. Um, we already mentioned Quinton Johnston. Um, and Nolan Smith, the edge rusher, the fastest edge rusher, he went to the Philadelphia Eagles at pick 30. So okay. not only did they get Jalen Carter, they got and, Nolan Smith. And mentioning this, mentioning this, we have to talk about the Eagles a little bit because the Eagles, I think, absolutely won this draft. Uh, with their first couple picks, they took um, Jalen Carter, replaced Fletcher Cox, and got uh, – or not replaced Fletcher Cox, but they have two older kind of defensive guys, Edge and Fletcher, that are going to eventually kind of be out real soon. So what do they do? Brought in their replacements early so that they can, you know, go learn under them for a year or two, however long they're still going to be in there. And the minute – one of them goes down or retires or gets free agency, signed somewhere else, whatever. They have their immediate replacements right there. The exact same big guys, awesome guys that are going to kill that defense. That I, they just won it all. Like literally, they got the perfect guys to replace the studs that they already have. And this isn't the only thing with it. Like they even got Keely Ringo in the third round a cornerback from Georgia also that could replace Darius Slay in a couple of years. So there's another position that the Eagles, Howie Roseman is a mad genius at this point. Like I really believe that he's a mad genius. And but yeah, the Eagles, they're, they're doing it right. They are, they got the blueprint. And I think, you know, with Ian Cunningham, our uh, assistant general manager coming from Philadelphia, he has that blueprint too. And you can kind of see some of it working for Chicago in a way. Yeah, but it's it's the same way that we're always like, have a quarterback sit under a veteran. They, they're they doing the that with other positions. When you have as stud of an overall team as you have, like, hey, what position do you guys need? Oh, we don't really need anything. We're pretty good right now. Okay, let's look at what positions we are going to need in the next few years, and let's just get that now. It's genius. Sure. It's perfect. When you have that successful of a team, you can do that kind of stuff. 
Um, so the Eagles are probably going to be a scary team for the next few years. <laughs> for sure. I kind of expected that coming anyways at some point. Um, but yeah, I just want to throw out one name because uh, they're a rival. Minnesota Vikings, Jordan Addison replacing Adam Thielen. Uh, wide receiver. I think that's perfect. You know, they got rid of, they moved on from Adam Thielen and this is a good number two guy to learn under Justin Jefferson. So I think that's a good move for Minnesota, unfortunately, but, and, and then Detroit, we talked about it last week. I mean, they got Jack Campbell and, but we didn't talk about their first pick Jameer Gibbs, number 12 running back. Come on from Alabama. Uh, the only one running back I could justify in this is what makes me think, right? I think they panicked because they wanted B. John Robinson. And then when Atlanta threw that wrinkle in their plan, they're like, I don't know what to do. And so they traded back and then they're like, well, we still need a running back, but they didn't because they just signed Monty David Montgomery. Yeah. Who I don't really get that. I never understand taking a running back. I first round I want to say first round maybe if you got a team like the Eagles and you're kind of just set everywhere and like running back is your only maybe wishy-washy sure take them but like I don't think you need a running back in the first round unless it's Bijan Robinson especially if it's not Bijan like I don't know if there's another running back out there that you need that terribly bad um definitely a questionable move um and they do have David Montgomery, who's a perfectly fine back. He's a great back. He'll do good things for him. But I guess we'll we'll see how all this works out for him coming this next year. But sure, that's all the time we got right now for you guys. Uh, once again, sorry about the missing an episode. We will – I don't know if we'll make it up to you. We kind of just missed an episode. But, <laughs> but – um hopefully this was good we'll probably talk some more draft stuff like we said just coming in later episodes we'll just it'll be thrown in here and there and whatnot but coming up we will do our entire breakdown of the bears draft through all seven rounds so that'll be one of our next episodes coming out so keep keep your eyes open for that and with that that's all i have to say yeah um and expect some tiktoks this week guys i'm off for a couple of weeks i've been kind of slacking on the tiktok game i know max has been picking up some of my slack on the tiktok side of things um but um kind of expect some more i got a long road trip tomorrow so when i'm not driving i might be uh making some tiktoks in the passenger seat but other than that I don't really got anything else besides two words. Air down.